The last few weeks, we've been looking at the character of the congregation in the city of Galatia. We've seen that there have been both Jew and Gentile, that there was this movement away from the gospel truth that the Jews in that church were going back to the shadows, going back to the rites and rituals, and the Gentiles are going back to the elementary principles of those worthless uh, humanistic teachings. So we spent a lot of time focusing on the character of the congregation there. This week we're going to be focusing particularly on the character of Paul and Paul's ministry here as revealed in Galatians 4. We're going to start in uh, Galatians 4 and we're going to start at verse uh, 12. And Galatians 4, that's found on page 1,156. Galatians 4, we'll start at verse 12. Brothers, I entreat you, become as I am, for I also have become as you are. You did me no wrong. You know it was because of a bodily ailment that I preached the gospel to you at first, and though my condition was a trial to you, you did not scorn or despise me, but received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus." What then has become of your blessedness? For I testify to you that if possible you would have gouged out your eyes and given them to me. Have I then become your enemy by telling you the truth? They make much of you, but for no good purpose. They want to shut you out that you may make much of them. It is always good to be made much of for a good purpose, and not only when I am present with you, my little children, for whom I am again in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. I wish I could be present with you now and change my tone, for I am perplexed about you. And as far as we're reading, I do encourage you to keep uh, your Bibles open as we're going to be looking at uh, Paul's burden or the burden of Paul that he faced as he ministered to the Galatian Christians. Congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who here has faced trial? Who here has faced struggles? Are there any who have faced burdens or tribulations? One of the aspects of pastoral ministry is that you get to visit with people as they walk through the valley of the shadow. But I ask you, as you face your trials, as we all have various trials and burdens, how do we respond? How does that change us? How does it change our character? How does it affect the way that we minister, the way in which we serve? As I said before, we've all at various times faced different struggles of the flesh, physical pain, a difficult diagnosis, treatment, surgery, family conflict, spiritual weight. All of these trials have been endured and continue to be endured by God's people. It's comforting to know that when we face trials and tribulations that we are not alone. We know that other members in the church have also faced these trials and tribulations. And we also know from church history that the saints who have gone before have been faithful. 
Indeed, reading Hebrews 11, you can read of the trials that these men and women endured, beaten, whipped, thrown in the lion's den, and yet they remained faithful, faithful to the Lord through the trials as an encouragement to us to persevere, to endure, to run the race, to not give up when times are difficult. Even as Paul himself experienced, we read in 2 Corinthians 11, that he was stoned, beaten with rods, shipwrecked, cast in prison, beaten with whips. Paul is speaking from experience when he says, as in our passage, I have endured bodily ailment. So the question we have to ask ourselves this question is this, is how did Paul respond to these bodily ailments? Did he use that as a, as a reason, as an excuse to hang up the ministry cloak? To say, well, I've been facing this, I've been enduring this, I can check out of ministry. I can can give up my calling because no one should have to endure this. How did Paul respond to that thorn in his flesh? Did it hinder his ministry? Today we're going to look at this theme, that Jesus Christ enables his servants to endure their burdens Because his grace is sufficient. Jesus Christ enables his servants to endure their burdens because his grace is sufficient. As I said before, we're going to be looking in, focusing in on Paul's character and the character of his ministry. In our first point then, we are going to look at this uh, burden of bodily weakness that Paul endured. Our passage says this in verse 13, you know it was because of a bodily ailment that I preached the gospel to you, and although and though my condition was a trial to you, you did not scorn or despise me, but received me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. Paul speaks of a, of a bodily ailment, a, a weakness in the flesh. Now this term bodily ailment, it's a, it's a very broad general term. It could be some infirmities, some weakness, some personal frailty or some other health issue that he endured. This health burden, Paul says, is one of the reasons why he had to stop here in Galatia. Now it may have been that before this point he had been injured so severely that he simply could not continue on his missionary journey. It was because of this physical ailment that he had to stay here likely to recover or possibly to receive some sort of treatment. We know that Paul has had his fair share of trials. Just one example in Acts chapter 14. That's where Paul was stoned, thrown outside of the city, and left for dead in Lystra. Now, you can imagine that someone who has recently been stoned to the point where everyone thought he was dead, cast outside of the city, and then miraculously resurrected, whether he was all the way dead or to the point of death. The point is he was stoned, everyone thought he was dead, and yet he continues his ministry. Can you imagine someone coming here on Sunday preaching to you who has just been stoned, beaten, bruised, bloodied, afflicted, and yet the church received him as an angel of the Lord, as Jesus Christ himself. 
We also find this list in, this is uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, that he was stoned, shipwrecked three times, beaten with whips, cast in prison, facing danger at home and on the road, hunger and thirst at every point. Wherever he went, people were hot on his heels trying to kill him. And here he stands preaching the gospel in Galatia, Paul can speak with authority when he says he has endured his share of physical trials and bodily ailment. Paul knew pain. Another example is found in verse 15 in our text where Paul says, uh, What then has become of your blessedness? For I testify to you that if possible, you would have gouged out your eyes and given them to me. The Galatian church was so moved by their love, their compassion, their commitment to Paul, that they would, if possible, have gouged out their own eyes, taken their eyes and given them to Paul. So perhaps that is an indication that Paul had some uh, physical ailment of the eyes. Maybe it was a a long-term effect of him meeting Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus. Remember, when he met Jesus Christ, he was temporarily blinded. So perhaps there was some long-term vision problem that Paul continued to endure. But putting all these things together, the fact is the exact ailment that Paul is referring to here is not specifically listed. We read in 2 Corinthians that Paul says it was a thorn in the flesh. Even with this ailment, even with this weakness in the flesh, in spite of all that he had endured, all the pain, all the suffering, all the trials, Paul does not give up his ministry. Paul does not say, Lord, I'm throwing in the towel. I've done enough. I'm giving up. You might remember some of the Old Testament prophets that basically said that. Lord, take my life. I alone am left. No, Paul endured. He ran the race. The hardship that he endured does not hinder him from being useful. He fulfills his ministry. Whatever he endured, he pressed on. Now, some of you here might be saying, this sounds like something I have experienced. Some of you here have endured great trials. Some of you are currently, even now, enduring bodily ailment. Others of you have a thorn in your side, whatever that trial might be, and that thorn remains with you. What we see here in this passage is that the trials that we endure do not disqualify from service, but often enable us to serve in a way that we could not before. Bodily frailty doesn't stop Paul from preaching. It enables him to preach to a people in God's providence that he normally would not have. We are called to endure. How we go through the trials, how we endure the pain and tribulation shows what lives in our heart. Because we've all, everyone here has faced various trials. Anxiety, 
uncertainty about the future, physical pain. Perhaps you have endured some burden that is hidden to everyone else. And only God knows. The fact is, brothers and sisters, this thorn, this trial, this bodily ailment doesn't hinder you from doing your work. It might just be used by God to enable you to work in a way of greater blessing. And it may be that this thorn will be with you for a long time. Because you'll remember, as we read in 2 Corinthians 12, when Paul says that this thorn is in my flesh, I prayed, he prayed repeatedly, Lord, take this thorn from my side. As all of us would do, when we have bodily ailments and thorns, our prayer is, Lord, take this from me, remove this trial, take this burden from my shoulders. And it may be by God's grace that he does take that trial from your shoulders. But remember how the Lord answered Paul in 2 Corinthians 12. And it may be that this is the answer to your prayers as well. My grace is sufficient for you in your time of need. My power, the Lord says, my power is made perfect in your weakness. God uses the weakness of his servants to highlight his power. Perhaps the answer to your prayer is that God gives you an increase in grace and an added measure of his spirit. As such, this trial is used, Paul says in 2 Corinthians, to keep us humble and to drive us again and again to the throne of grace. Driving us to Christ. Because thorns, bodily ailments, keep us near the cross. And teach us a heart of humble obedience. Because even Jesus Christ prayed this prayer, did he not? If it is your will, Lord, take this cup away from me. But not my will. Your will be done. So what we can learn in our passage is this. God used Paul with this bodily ailment, with this thorn in his flesh, to bring the gospel to the Galatians and to be a great blessing to that early church. Paul was able to have calmness in the calamity, peace while enduring that thorn. So if you are experiencing bodily ailment, if there is a thorn in your flesh, don't be discouraged. God is using you He uses the weak to humble the strong. Take up your cross, follow Christ, run your race. Fulfill your ministry, whatever that might be. You may not have chosen this trial, but you can still serve God faithfully with it. So don't miss out on this time to serve the Lord. Obey him even now in this time of trial and shadow.
But there is another burden that Paul carries in our passage. Not only is Paul faithfully serving the Lord with this burden of physical ailment and bodily trial, he is also carrying a unique burden of pastoral ministry. This second burden is not a physical trial, but it is a unique burden that those who are called to minister carry. Paul compares himself to a mother giving birth in verse 19 as one in labor. He found the same thing last week when he looked at verse 11. I'm afraid that I may have labored over you in vain. Paul is saying, my work as an apostle, as a pastor in the church of Galatia, is like the work of a mother giving birth to a child. Now, what is labor like? I could ask any mother here. The birthing process is called labor for a reason. It is work. If you've ever had the privilege of standing by someone in labor, you know it is with sweat and pain and great difficulty that a child is produced. What was Paul giving birth to? What was Paul in labor for? Paul was in labor for the church. He wanted to see spiritual offspring being brought forth. Added to that, Paul says, my labor for you for the church there, is that Christ would be produced in you. That's verse 19. That Christ would be formed within them. So Paul's desire for the church in Galatia is that through his preaching ministry, he would like a mother be giving birth to children or labor to produce children in that church and then see those children grow and develop as Christ was being produced within them. Now this is a work that Paul could only perform as the Spirit is, is working with him, working by his ministry, being faithful. Paul is, Paul is being faithful in this labor. The end and goal of this gospel ministry and preaching was to, to make disciples. And indeed, every faithful minister prays for and ministers unto the holiness of the members of that church. Paul's desire is that there would be little lambs growing into mature sheep. Something that happens when people read and hear and submit to the word of Christ. Paul's desire, as verse 19 says, is that Christ would be formed within them. What happens in spiritual ministry is that through the preaching of the word and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is people are formed into the image of Christ, or as our passage says, Christ is formed in them so that they start to look like Christ and act like Christ and that was his desire, that the, that the flock would be safe and well-fed and mature. And that was his burden. Right? It's the burden of a mother. What do mothers want for their children? Mothers labor for their children, not just in the birthing process, but they labor for their children so that they would be growing and mature. 
Mothers want what is best for their children, as any parent can testify. But as some mothers have experienced as well, sometimes that love is not reciprocated. And the heart of a mother is broken. It wounds Christian parents to see their children making bad decisions and wandering away from the straight and narrow path. So Paul in our passage is saying about this church, you are wounding me. Paul is boldly speaking the truth. But then in verse 16 he says, have I become an enemy for telling you the truth? Have I become your enemy by preaching the gospel? The saints that Paul has labored for have turned away. Verse 20, Paul says, I'm I'm perplexed. I don't understand. Why are you doing this? The contrast is incredibly striking. Paul says, when I I first came there, you did me no wrong. You accepted me like an angel of God. You accepted me as if I was Jesus Christ himself. You would rip out your own eyes and give them to me. That is how much you guys loved me and and embraced me and, and the delight that I had. Being your your apostolic pastor, preaching the word, seeing new life, seeing growth and development, and all of a sudden you've turned your back on me. Now that I have left, Paul says, you no longer delight in the word. Your hearts have grown lukewarm. You once delighted in the gospel. Now you're going back to legalism. It's not only that Paul's heart was broken because he was being rejected. They were really rejecting the truth of the gospel. It was sad. It's sad for Paul. Because the church had grown tired and and apathetic. Not only had they grown tired of Paul, their pastor, They had grown tired of the gospel itself. They had gone back to their former ways. They had forgotten and forsaken the good news and gone back to those worthless elementary principles. So Paul says, am I now your enemies for speaking the truth? What happened here? What has changed? What's been lost? Now, to be clear, it is a sad thing when a former pastor is no longer welcomed at the church that he once served. But there is something much worse going on here. It's not only the messenger, but the message that is being rejected. The good news of the gospel is being turned away from. And that's why Paul is so pointed and even on the harsh side to our ears. 
These are not small, light, insignificant matters. The burden of pastoral ministry that Paul carries here is I've, I've ministered to you. I planted the seed and I watered the seed and I saw those little plants grow and now that I leave, I hear that those plants are withered. My heart is breaking for you, Paul says. You had once embraced the gospel and enjoyed the the sweet taste of liberty and now by your own choice are choosing to go back to the chains of slavery and legalism? How could you do that? Why would you go back to the shadows when I preach Jesus Christ and him crucified? I've loved you as a mother and you're breaking my heart. I've cared for you as a shepherd and now I fear that I've loved you and shepherded in vain. So the situation in Galatia is critical. Their former hospitality has turned to hostility. Where once the gospel message was received with gladness, it is now all but ignored. Jesus warns the same thing in the churches in Revelation chapter 2. This is Jesus speaking to his churches. I know that you have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up. Return to your former works. You have abandoned your first love. Repent. Or the light of your church will be snuffed out. The application of this second point is a warning to us all. May we never grow tired of the good news of Jesus Christ. May those who bring the good news be welcomed, as Isaiah would say, those who bring the gospel have beautiful feet. Those who preach the good news of salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ May those always be welcomed in our midst. May our heart never tire of that old, old story of Jesus and his love. To conclude, Paul has had his share of burdens. He has physical burdens and ministry burdens. But these trials only push him on to greater heights. Of faithful service. It seems like the church in Galatia is like rocky soil. The gospel first received with great joy is now dying out because there is no depth for the root. Paul's heart is perplexed, his heart is broken, but even now Paul has not given up. Paul is not shaking the dust from his feet, as it were. His heart is broken, and yet he pours out his heart because he loves these people. The burden of physical pain and the burden of being a pastor of a church that has forgotten him will not dissuade him. He does not give up because God is able to bring life from the dead. He is able to work not only in Paul, but he's able to work in the Galatian Christians as well. So he reminds the church once again, 
Who are you? Who are you called to be? You are children of God in faith, called to a life of holiness and obedience. As our theme states, Jesus Christ enables his servants to endure their burdens since his grace is sufficient. So whatever burdens you might be carrying, physical or spiritual burdens, follow the example of Paul who followed the example of Jesus Christ, faithful under pressure, obedient even when the thorn pricks. Because God's grace is sufficient for all of us in our time of need. Amen. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the heart of Paul, the apostle, even as it breaks and bleeds over these uh, Galatian saints who had turned away from you. May we learn from Paul as an, an example of faithful service even in trial. And may we be warned that we never grow tired, we never grow apathetic to the good news. May your spirit stir us on more and more to run the race, to fight the good fight as we look forward to the day when your son returns. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.